your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just win. You're a win as a Raider. Pillaging just for fun. He'll knock you round and upside down and laugh when he's conquered and won. What's up, Raider Nation? Welcome into Thursday's edition of the Locked On Raiders podcast. On this Thursday, August 5th, 2021, your boy Q here with you as always. You know you can find me on Twitter, as many of you do, at your boy Q254. And always got that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line wide open like some old school TV antennas, 707-654-4693. Off top, I got to apologize for Wednesday's show not being published as soon as it was supposed to for some dumb reason. Either I hit the wrong button or it just didn't take the way it was supposed to take i don't know all i know is that uh i don't know about 7 30 no not 7 30 because that's what time practice started probably about 6 30 i got a text from mama q talking about there's no podcast today and i'm thinking oh no oh no there's definitely a podcast today i don't know what's going on raider nation i'll tell you right now man it is supposed to be up it should be up routinely every single day by 2 15 central time in the morning 2 15 a.m 12 15 on the west coast 2 uh, 3 15 uh, on the east coast i mean it's supposed to be up early in the morning so if it's not one of two things went wrong it didn't take like it did on wednesday or i didn't do one and 99.9 percent of the time that means that it didn't take like it did on wednesday because i can tell you the last time i didn't do a show so uh yeah anytime that you don't see it there just know that somehow megaphone done messed up apple done messed up something's going on and it's uh tripping and uh yeah i have no problem with you reaching out saying hey q there's no podcast or something's going on with the podcast because i will look into it immediately and try to get it corrected so thank you to everyone who did reach out and say what's going on with the podcast probably had a handful of people that reached out so i definitely appreciate that but let's go ahead and uh, get into today's show got a lot to get to segment number three your calls and text straight off that locked on raider podcast voicemail line again the number 707-654-4693 segment number two gonna talk about what i saw from the second day of padded practice full pads as a matter of fact for the raiders on a wednesday it was cool to see that started things off in the indoor facility and eventually made our way outside and saw the raiders out there from 7 30 a.m to 9 30 and i'll give you my takeaways you'll hear a little bit from Derek carr you'll also hear a little bit from brian edwards a guy that i talked about in great length that's another reason i was disappointed that wednesday's show didn't get uh, published as soon as it was supposed to because I really kind of went into great detail about Brian Edwards, and I was all excited and really wanted you to be able to get an opportunity to hear it before practice. And for the most part, it didn't even get uh, published till. Uh, practice was already uh, underway so that was a little disappointing but uh, again just really appreciate everyone who reached out so segment number two my biggest takeaways from practice on uh, on Wednesday the second pad is practice who stood out to me who didn't stand out to me and uh, just kind of what my gut feeling is after a handful of practices seven official practices in the books even though it's been eight days and the Raiders are off today so they don't have a practice and there is no media session today so uh, kind of a, a quick chance to to catch your breath and, and, and get up caught up to date on everything that's going on with the silver and black here in segment number one news and notes of the day as we always do so let's go ahead and jump right into it because well there's quite a bit of news and notes to get to as well so off top, the Raiders made a couple signings, a couple roster additions on Wednesday, and the first one was the big one, Gerald McCoy. Actually, it wasn't the first one of the day. It was the second one, but it was the bigger name. Gerald McCoy, defensive tackle, he signs with the Raiders. Uh, they put out a tweet saying that the Raiders have signed free agent defensive tackle Gerald McCoy. He was originally drafted by the Buccaneers in the first round of the 2010 draft. He's six foot four, 300-pound defensive tackle. He's played with the Cowboys in 2020 and the Panthers in 2019 after spending the first nine years of his career 
in Tampa Bay. He's a six-time Pro Bowler, uh, first-team selection in 2013. He started all 139 games played in his career, had 352 tackles, 59 and a half sacks, 79 tackles for loss, 24 passes defense, six forced fumbles, and four fumble recoveries. That's Gerald McCoy. Now, the big news with Gerald McCoy, if you weren't following the National Football League in a major way in 2020 and were just kind of following the Raiders, what happened to Gerald McCoy in 2020, he was playing, or he was supposed to play with the Dallas Cowboys, but he ruptured his quad, so he didn't get to play at all. But apparently he showed up to Vegas in really good shape. And I'll tell you, when it first was reported that the Raiders were getting a free agent visit from Gerald McCoy, I thought, okay, well, you know, they're kicking the tires. They'll see how everything shakes out. Well, I'll tell you, Raider Nation, it shook out, and it shook out fast. Quick, fast, and in a hurry is what I like to say. It didn't take too long after the fact that it was reported he was even visiting that the next report came out saying he was signing. So, uh, obviously, the Raiders found a, a, an area of need, and they wanted to address it quickly, and they did. They found Gerald McCoy. So, uh, there's a lot of different theories on it. You know, Ted Nguyen from The Athletic put out a tweet talking about, reportedly, they now believe Solomon Thomas is too small to play full-time three technique and look like they're looking for a rotational interior rush. Should have just kept Mo Hurst. And speaking of Mo Hurst, DJ from the 909, he hit me up on the Lockdown Raider Podcast voicemail line. He was calling to talk about Gerald McCoy and shared his feelings on what the Raiders should have done. And please believe Mo Hurst was part of this call. Here he is, DJ from the 909. Raider Nation, Q, DJ calling in from the 909. Um, just all the news right now, actually from UQ, I'm stating how the Raiders are going to be bringing in Gerald McCoy pretty much for a workout, I would be assuming. And I was a firm believer, and I mentioned it earlier, that releasing Mo Hurst instead of just waiting until you got to training camp was an issue. And it's looking like an issue because I feel like if you're bringing in Gerald McCoy, that means that probably Solomon Thomas is not working out. If not him, maybe it's Darius Phylon. One of those two is not working out if you're bringing in Gerald McCoy. At least that's my thinking. I don't know. You got the full scoop, so I hope that, you know, you clarify this up a little bit for me. But in my opinion, I thought moving on from Mo Hurst so early in the offseason was not a good move, given that he was young. Because if Solomon Thomas isn't working out or if Darius Phylon doesn't work out or Quentin Jefferson doesn't work out, at least you have somebody in the building that could be halfway decent you're bringing in three unknown guys into a whole new defense, and you don't even know if they're going to work out. That's what I'm saying. What they had in Mo wasn't great. We know that. But it worked when they needed it to work at certain times. But I don't know. I want you to clarify that a little bit, Q. Maybe I'm missing something. Maybe I'm overanalyzing the whole them bringing in Gerald McCoy or hosting him or whatever. But please let us know. Give me some insight. It already – giving me a little bit of worry when it comes to the interior D-line because the issue is getting that interior pressure. So, all right, Q, Raider Nation, I'm still listening to the podcast, just holding back, just waiting to see how training camp develops for these young players, especially over there on the defensive side. Everybody stay safe out there. DJ from the 909, out. There he goes, DJ from the 909. And, well, 
He signed now. I mean, he was calling when Gerald McCoy was just coming in for a visit. That was a tweet that I had put out. And Gerald McCoy is assigned, sealed, and delivered. And I've said it before, Mo Hurst was not going to be a guy that was going to fit in the Raiders' defense under Gus Bradley. I just do not believe that. I think that's the reason why they released him as early as they did. They really did him a solid, giving him an opportunity to go and catch on with another team. Uh, I think Bradley ultimately made the call on him. Solomon Thomas, you know, it looks like he might need some help at that three-tech spot. and might not be able to be the guy there consistently. But this is what training camp is made for right now. That's the thing about it. This is the time when you're supposed to put this team together, not get like three or four games into the season and realize, oh, Solomon Thomas isn't cutting it. We need to go out and find another guy. Then it's too late. So I respect the fact that, hey, maybe Solomon Thomas, they had a lot of belief in, turns out not to be that guy. But at least they're admitting that right now. And they're going out and getting a guy and trying to get him solidified into the rotation on this defensive line instead of doing it later. This will be the next thing that I'm interested in. What is the corresponding move that they make to clear space for him? Because they've got to make sure that they've got 90 guys on the roster and not 91. So who's the guy that's got to go? That's what I'm really interested in. But thank you for that call, DJ. I do appreciate you. And I mentioned that the Raiders made a couple signings on Wednesday. The other one was an offensive lineman. And Sam Young, he had retired. He retired on Tuesday. He's one of three Raiders as of late that have retired. Just a guy that had been in the league 12 years, and he's just ready to hang it up. So he did. Well, the Raiders went out and signed offensive lineman Jeremiah Putasi. I believe that's how you say his name. Or maybe I'm saying it wrong. Six foot five, 335-pound offensive lineman. He entered the league as a third-round pick in 2015 with the Titans. He's played with the Cardinals, Broncos, Rams, Jaguars, and of course, the Titans. Uh, over his career, he's had, well, he's played in 12 games with eight starts. So, three year starter out of Utah. He's actually a, a native of Daly City, California. Shout out to DC. What's up, Daly City? Uh, but then, on top of that, he is a local dude in the Las Vegas area as he went to Desert Pines High School in Las Vegas. So uh, there you go. Jeremiah Putasi, now a member of the Silver and Black offensive lineman. Uh, he's a guy that maybe could fit into that rotation for Tom Cable, or maybe he's a camp body that's going to be in that rotation just to take some reps as of right now. But he's in camp, and he's signed, sealed, and delivered with the Raiders. So that's all I got for you for segment number one of today's Locked On Raiders podcast, news and notes of the day. When we come back in segment number two, going to talk about what I saw on Wednesday at training camp, the biggest takeaways that I saw at training camp, the second day of padded practice, the first day of 100% full pads. We'll talk about that coming up next. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about Rock Auto. Dot com And rockauto.com, I've been telling you about them for a very long time. They're a family business, been serving auto park customers online for over 20 years. But really, the best thing about rockauto.com is what they don't do. They don't overcharge you. They don't price gouge you. They don't make you basically break the bank to get a price or a part. They hook you up. They'll help you save 30%, 50%, even up to 100% more than you would save at a chain store or a car dealership. They will take care of you. Honda Odyssey Fuel Pump. $353 at a chain store, $216 at rockauto.com. And they've got every part. It does not matter how fancy your car is or if your car is a bucket and it needs a part. Yeah, buckets need parts too. It don't matter. Whatever it is, you can go to rockauto.com and get the part. You'll find it and it's delivered directly to your door. Simple as that. You never leave the comforts of your home. You can fix your car. As long as you know how to fix your car, that's the key. You got to know how to use the part. I could buy the part and I wouldn't know what to do with it, so I'm not going to do it. But you could. 
<laughs> I do have buddies that know how to do it, and that's a beautiful thing. So I'll buy the part at rockauto.com, and then they'll come to the house, and they'll fix the car, and I'll be good to go. Well, you can do that as well. Just go to the website again, rockauto.com. While you're there, the only thing I asked you to do, there's a box that said, how'd you hear about us? Just write Locked On Raiders Podcast. That means that I'm doing my job, and I sent you, and they'll be happy with me. Great selection, great low prices, all the parts your car is ever going to need, you can find at one spot. That's rockauto.com. Segment number two, it's on the way. Your Locked On Raiders, your daily podcast on the Las Vegas Raiders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Raider Nation, here we are. Segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Time to talk about Wednesday's padded practice, the first full padded practice since the Raiders have been in training camp. They've actually had seven practices over the course of eight days. Now, they're off today, and they'll be back at it on Friday, so kind of get a chance to catch our breath. I don't have to be at the facility super early in the morning. I'll tell you, man, you want to talk about having loads of fun? To be out there in Henderson and watch the Raiders practice for two hours each day, each morning, has been a lot of fun. Now, it makes for a very long day, but I'll take it. <laughs> you know what I mean? There's a lot more things I could be doing that's a lot worse that will like take up my whole day outside of watching the Raiders practice. So I'm, I'm good with the, with the grind of, of being out there. But it has been a ton of fun. So uh, I've been putting out a lot of uh, videos and pictures uh, from practice when we're able to shoot. We're not able to shoot the whole time. But when we are able to take pictures, I try to get in as many as possible just so you can kind of uh, take a ride with me on, on this journey. So at your boy Q254 and then Raider Nation Radio 920 is where I also uh, tweeted out. So hopefully you're following one of us if not both of us and you'll get those videos you'll get those pictures from Raiders training camp now on Wednesday tight end Darren Waller he missed his second day of practice but we did see him in the weight room so he was definitely working out a lot of people hit me up and said hey what's the injury to Darren Waller I don't know if he's injured or if they just gave him a veteran day off or two veteran days off but if he is injured it's very minor it's nothing to really get upset about or get uh, worked up about it's not a big deal he was good he was in the weight room working out the other guys that joined Darren Waller and not practicing on Wednesday wide receivers Trey Quinn Dylan Stoner cornerback Nevin Lawson strong safety Tyree Gillespie and also Carl Joseph Cornerback Isaiah Johnson, linebacker Divine Diablo, offensive tackle Devery Hamilton, offensive tackle Kamal Seymour, and kicker Daniel Carlson. All those guys did not participate on Wednesday. Trey Quinn, Dylan Stoner, uh, I don't really trip too much off those guys. Those guys are long shots for the roster or practice squad. Cornerback Nevin Lawson, kind of know who he is. The Raiders already like that guy. He was there on Tuesday, did not practice on Wednesday. Tyree Gillespie, the rookie, you'd like to see him out there. Uh, he's a guy that uh, has been uh, basically brought up as a guy who could could fill in for Jonathan Abram if he's not out there doing what he's supposed to do. So you'd like him to get some burn in training camp. Carl Joseph, kind of know who he is. He's a depth piece. Isaiah Johnson, his story of his uh, career so far has been being injured and banged up. Linebacker Divine Diablo, he's dealing with that knee injury. So uh, he's kind of one of those day-to-day type situations. The two offensive tackles, not worried about them. And kicker Daniel Carlson is on the COVID-19 reserve injured list. But enough about the guys who didn't practice. Let's talk about the guys that were present, that were out there making some plays, what I was able to see. One of the guys that I talked about on the show Wednesday that I was so focused in and was so wanting to see what he was going to be able to do in pads for a second straight day was wide receiver Brian Edwards. And I'll tell you what, Raider Nation, he did not disappoint. And I'm really trying to slow down the hype train. I'm not trying to fuel it. I'm not trying to, you know, get everyone so hot and bothered and so fired up and so excited. I'm not going John Gruden and saying that he's the return of T.O. I'm not going out there. Uh, a couple guys have mentioned he looked like Randy Moss. I'm not going out there and putting him uh, in the shoes of Hall of Famers. But I'll tell you what, Brian Edwards is playing 
playing a role. He's doing a heck of a job. Him, Kenyon Drake, and Derek Carr, they all met with the media on uh, on Wednesday after practice. But Edwards, man, he's really impressed me. Made a couple really good catches in practice on Wednesday. One, he had Keyshawn Nixon draped all over him, and he still made the catch, got the P.I. call. Uh, another one, he, he had the DB beat, and uh, they ended up having to hold him to stop from uh, giving up a touchdown. Uh, he was able to to slow down and make a, a nice catch on another another play that he did. I mean, everything that he's been doing, he has been looking the part. So after practice, Derek Carr, he met with the media, and one of the questions he was asked, matter of fact, one of the first questions he was asked is, what does he see in Edwards after hooking up with him multiple times over the last two days? You know what? It, um, it reminds me a lot of uh, Devontae um, when he first came into the league or to the league, to college, and he was redshirting, but I wanted to throw him every pass, even though we were getting ready for games. I'd still throw his rep, you know, and uh, just building that time time on task. It was the same thing with Brian when he wasn't starting. I was still trying to throw his rep, you know, every day in practice. And now I'm seeing that translate. You know, he's running with the ones a lot, as you guys can obviously tell. And um, he's making a lot of plays. Today he would have had another big catch and run up the sideline if the DB didn't hold him, you know, <laughs> but uh, those guys cheat sometimes. But no, I think that I think that the early mornings of working together, there's you got to put the work in. There's there's no secret around any any job. You have to put the time in. You have to put the work in just like you guys. I mean, you guys study. You're out there all day. You research and you try your best, you know, and that's the same with us. You know, we do our best. We study. We we work. You got to grind, you know, and you want to be good at something. You got to work hard at it. And he it works extremely hard. I'm very proud of him. You guys know he's very quiet. Um, uh, but around around me, he's very open. You know, we talk about a lot of things, joke around, all those kind of things. But very fun to throw him the ball. Like you said, he has that. He just got. I've said it before. Like the way Devontae could just move in the air, their their body control is just it's impressive. You know, I I wish I could do that. You know, uh, it'd be nice to be able to catch a football like that. But you know, and I think also you see his strong hands. You know, he'll sometimes he'll catch a ball and he's so strong he doesn't bring it into the body where they can punch it out. He'll just hold it away from him. And uh, not many guys can do that, but he can. So there's Derek Carr right there talking about Brian Edwards for almost two minutes, just talking about all the things he does, comparing him to Devontae Adams, who is a guy who he's been on record this offseason saying when he becomes an unrestricted free agent, if he becomes an unrestricted free agent, he's going to go put the full court press on, go after him hot and heavy. Like he really wants him to be a Raider, but yet he's comparing Brian Edwards to Devontae Adams when he was at Fresno State and they just threw to each other or he threw to him all the time because he wanted to get him the reps. That's what he did to Brian Edwards his rookie year. And when you talk about Brian Edwards, you've got to talk about health, something I've mentioned on this show so many times. In college, he wasn't healthy. His rookie year, he wasn't healthy. Right now in training camp, he is healthy. So he was asked about that. I think Vinny Bonsignor asked him the question about how it feels to be out there in training camp, in the setting that he's in right now, and being 100% healthy. Um, it's huge, man. You know, Health is, is wealth, man. And the more you can be on the field, the more you can be available, I feel like that benefits me in a huge way. So I'm glad I'm finally healthy, healthy and I'm just ready to compete. Brian Edwards is never going to have a long explanation. He's not. He's just not going to get into super details. But, I mean, right there, he let it be known. Health is wealth. You got to be healthy. You got to be that guy to be out there. So, uh, Brian Edwards did not disappoint. Again, I'm not trying to lead the hype train, but I do think he's a guy that Raider Nation, you could feel okay about getting excited about. Because, again, the potential is there, and he's showing what he can do. Health is going to be the number one concern. He's got to stay healthy. If he can, 
He could be a player in this league for a very long time, and I'm excited about that. So we'll continue to follow him and monitor him all throughout training camp, all throughout the preseason, and leading into the regular season, see exactly what the Raiders have in him. How about rookie Trayvon Merrick? He's another guy that I've talked about. I think he's going to get defensive rookie of the year. I really think he's going to have that opportunity. I think he's going to have an opportunity to make a lot of plays on the ball. And speaking of plays on the ball, man, he made a really good play covering Hunter Renfro on one-on-one drills. And I'll say this right now, one-on-one drills, in my opinion, are always set up for the offense to succeed and not the defense. But Trayvon Merrick was not having it. He came up and made a really good play. Hunter Renfro was in the corner of the end zone. Derek Carr threw him a really pretty ball, and Trayvon Merrick came up, boom, blocked it and knocked it away. Just a heck of a play from a rookie safety. And so I asked Derek Carr straight up about that play uh, in the media session. Here's what Derek Carr had to say about Trayvon Merrick breaking up that ball to Hunter Renfro. Yeah, he's, uh, I think the impressive thing with a rookie safety, usually you can just throw whatever route you want. You know, I usually, I usually call them I, whatever number they are, you know, I 25, interstate 20, pick whatever route you want. You know what I mean? And uh, <laughs> this guy can actually cover. So it's impressive that, especially Hunter, like uh, the guy doesn't get covered. You know, I, God bless Merrick the next day we go out there, you know, when he has to cover Hunter, you know, he doesn't like to get covered twice. So, um, you know, when, when he lines up and accepts that challenge, that's a mismatch for the defense, a safety on a, on a slot receiver, but he lined up, accept that challenge. And he made the play. Like that's in the back of the end zone and tried to put it out there and he gets, I mean, there was no way, like he said, no, no, not, not this time. And that excites me as a quarterback because I want him to do that to Mahomes. You know, I want him to break those passes up and uh, think that'd be a good thing for everybody. So that was Derek Carr talking about the rookie Trayvon Merrick, just the play he made in general on the one-on-one drill against Hunter Renfro. It was a heck of a play. I was standing right there. That was part of the session where you can't record, so I couldn't put a video out. But, man, it was a great play. I think the Raiders actually put out a video later on, so you could check it out, uh, Raiders.com, or you could check out their Twitter page. And uh, I think that they put that out, so you could check it out for yourself. But, man, it was a very impressive play. And I'll say my other observation from uh, training camp on Wednesday was the fact that This defense looks comfortable, man. They look comfortable in what they're supposed to be doing, their assignments. They look like they're understanding. Nicholas Morrow, he's been mentioned multiple times. He's really standing out. He really is standing out. He's playing some good ball. Uh, These guys look like they're, I want to say flying around, but they're not going 100% full speed yet. So you can't say that they're flying around, but you can see that they just look like they're reacting a lot quicker than what they were a year ago. And so I, I just think that the teaching of Gus Bradley, I think the teaching of Ron Miles and Richard Smith is all really starting to pay off with this team. Now, of course, you know, they've got to be able to do it consistently. They've got to do it against someone else, but they're headed in the right direction. I think for seven practices in the books, I think that that's a good step. Of course, they've got to continue to ramp it up. They've got to figure out who's going to fit into this puzzle, who's not. That's the thing about it, man. And I use this comparison on Raider Nation Radio 920 on Wednesday. I said, you know what? Putting together a roster is like that puzzle. That puzzle that you get, and I was never a puzzle guy. Like, the wife is a really good puzzle person. Uh, She could put together a puzzle. I was not that person. I think that that's what a roster is like. I think that's the most simplified way of trying to look at it is like doing a puzzle. You see what it looks like on the box cover. You see what the picture is supposed to be, and then all of a sudden you have all these parts, and you just dump it on your table, and you have to figure out where they all go. That's what the Raiders' task is right now. They have 90 guys, and they got to figure out 
what 53 pieces go and what other pieces don't go. That's why they bring in a Gerald McCoy because, hey, a Solomon Thomas doesn't really look like he's fitting the part right now. So maybe he doesn't fit into the equation. Maybe a Gerald McCoy does. Now is the time to try to mix and match. You don't do it during the season when all of a sudden three, four games in and you realize, hey, we have no pressure up the gut. We've got to figure out something. No, you do that right now. You go through trial and error right now. So that's what they're doing. They're trying to put together this massive puzzles and all these pieces that they have, they're trying to see what fits. And so they got to keep on ramping up, ramping up, and ramping up. But right now, I'll tell you, there's a lot of pieces on defense that look like they're fitting the part. They look like they'll be able to figure it out and be a part of the puzzle. The one other thing I say about Derek Carr and the offense is that he trusts Henry Ruggs. He trusts Brian Edwards to throw that ball to him, even the 50-50 ball. He's willing to throw that ball to him if he believes in him. And I do believe that he believes in him because he's built that chemistry up with these guys. And that is important. In 2016, when the Raiders went to the playoffs, and I hate to go back to that year, uh, he was throwing the ball up to Crabtree. He was throwing the ball up to Coop and letting them go make plays because he believed in them. If that can translate into the regular season, you'll see a lot more of those 50-50 balls. You'll see a lot more deep shots from Derek Carr, where he thinks that, hey, my guy has an opportunity to go make the play. So I think that's a huge observation that I've seen so far early in training camp. But again, it's early in training camp, but it's a good sign, a good step moving forward. So that's all I got for you for segment number two of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Coming up in segment number three, your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. That is the number. Before we get into that, though, I do want to tell you about betonline.ag. They're the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sporting action. Baseball season is in full effect, right? It's the second half of the season. A lot of trades have gone down. Teams are trying to get to the playoffs. Teams are trying to make a run at the World Series. Who's your team? It is a fun time of year right now, and you can get all the latest news, odds, and info, sporting news, everything that you need right now at betonline.ag. Head on over on your laptop or your mobile device. Check out the sign-up bonuses and the contest information. Get off the sidelines and get into the game. Again, head to the website on your mobile device or your laptop sign up today you can receive a 50 percent welcome bonus on your first deposit the only way you do that though you got to use the promo code locked on that's betonline.ag promo code locked on betonline.ag is your online sportsbook experts segment number three it's on the way your locked on raiders your daily podcast on the las vegas raiders part of the locked on podcast network your team Every day. Here we go, Raider Nation. Segment number three of today's Locked On Raiders podcast. Your calls and texts straight off that Locked On Raider podcast voicemail line, 707-654-4693. It is your time to shine. Let's start things off with a text from Lady Raider 1990. She says, hey, Q. Lady Raider 1990 here. First, let me say that I absolutely love your show. I'm so happy for all your growth. You're doing an amazing job. So let's talk Raider Nation. I'm super pumped for this season. As others and yourself have mentioned this year, does feel different. But you're right. The truth will be told on the field. I believe that the team has grown tremendously and have amazing additions. Can't wait to get this season started. Let's go Raiders. That's from Lady Raider 1990. And I agree. I agree. It's, it feels different. You know, I, I think there's a lot of things to be excited about. I think the team is going in the right direction. They had an offseason. They feel like, at least being in the building, they feel like that they're one cohesive unit. Uh, but, you know, what's going to be interesting to me, I think one of the biggest signs to me of what they're going to do in the regular season 
is what does the 53-man roster look like right now? 90 men. There's a lot of guys in there, a lot of talented dudes right there. When they cut this roster down, what is it going to look like? Who's going to be left? And what kind of depth will they still continue to have, especially on the defensive line? and also uh, on the offensive line. Those are two areas that I'm really uh, wants to concentrate on once they cut it down to 53 men. We'll see some preseason games as well in the meantime, in between time, if you know what I mean. Thank you for that text. I appreciate you. Next up, we got a call from California Dave in West Tennessee. He's calling to talk about the special teams unit and that the fact that Daniel Carlson is out with COVID right now. He also wants to talk about and has something to say about Alex Leatherwood. Here he is, California Dave in West Tennessee. You, nation. California Dave calling out of West Tennessee, y'all. Uh, got a couple points I was wa- wanting to make. Uh, point number one, we haven't really talked much about special teams. And I know with our kicker being out with COVID, I mean, that could be, you know, detrimental. You know what I mean? A lot of guys don't really just come back from that. You know, look at Clee, Max, you know, they just don't seem to be the same person or player, I should say. And, you know, it takes them a while to recover. So kind of got my eye on that. And I guess it's your radio stations, uh, 92 or something like that. Uh, well, I downloaded their little deal. I've been watching a lot of the, the interviews. Really impressed with Leatherwood, man. I mean, if he can live up to his namesake, bring the feather and bring the wood, geez louise, but. The kid got something about him. He reminds me a lot of Art Shell, just his demeanor. Heck, if you want to be compared to somebody, Art Shell is not a bad person to be compared to. Uh, I was wondering what y'all's thoughts are. I know everybody's just chomping at the bit, trying to throw some pads on and really get to cracking out there. So uh, getting excited, y'all. All right, Nation. He's out. There he goes. California Dave right there calling out of West Tennessee. And, yeah, the good thing is Dominic Eberly. he's been re-signed. He could compete if Carlson has lingering effects of COVID-19. You hope he doesn't. But, you know, you never know. There's a reason why Eberly is around. He was on the practice squad all last season. And that was really for it just in case uh, Carlson went down. So uh, he's a guy that I feel like I feel pretty good, confident in that he can get the job done if need be, if pushed into the action. Now, as far as Leatherwood goes, man, he does seem like he's ready to roll. He really does, man. He's he's making a believer out of me. He's kind of got that old soul feel. I was talking about him the other day, just all business-like, you know, not, not out there goofing around, not out there playing around and dancing, and nothing wrong with that as long as you get your job done, but he just is all business, just, you know, not even smiling very much, anything, just out there putting in the work, so... Uh, the Raiders have been excited about him for quite a while for a reason, so uh, we'll start to see it. And he'll start on, uh, what, August 14th? That'll be that first preseason game against the Seattle Seahawks. So that's not that far away, less than 10 days from now. Next up, got a text from Keegan in Vancouver, Washington. What up, Q? It's Keegan from Vancouver, Washington. First of all, I'm loving the fact that I can listen to this podcast and your Unnecessary Roughness show every day as I get more and more excited for September 13th. But what I wanted to talk about is this Raiders red zone offense. I've heard a lot of people saying that they want to see Mariota come in for red zone situations and have that running threat he brings. In my opinion, I would love to see a dual Wildcat set with Jacobs and Drake in the backfield and run read option plays. Imagine having to plan for one of them to keep it or pitch it and then the process essentially eliminating the defender you're reading off of. I'm also pretty confident both of them could throw a football good enough to toss it up where only the big guys like Waller who could jump up and get it and grab it where nobody else can if need be. That would bring a whole new dynamic to this offense that other teams at least have to take time out of their practice to prepare for that. 
Let me know what you think. Raiders. That's from Keegan in Vancouver, Washington. Keegan, thanks so much for the text, my man. I definitely appreciate you, and I think your idea is great. You know, the dual Wildcat with Jacobs and Drake, I think that they could run it perfectly, and yeah, I, I think that that would be awesome. And really, honestly, I'd probably put Drake behind center. Let him be the guy that uh, snaps the ball, and then, you know, he could either hand it to Jacobs or, you know, he can hold on to it himself. I mean, I, I like that a lot. But now, talking about Marcus Mariota, Derek Carr was asked about him in the media session on Wednesday what he would feel if he were to get, you know, get into the game in the red zone and use his legs or just be out there as a threat. Here's Derek Carr talking about Marcus Mariota and a potential package that we may see in the red zone. Yeah, he's so fast, you know, like like you saw with Breeze, you know, and Taysom, like when you have weapons like that, then once he touches the field once, people have to put that on a card and practice against it among the thousand of other things that we do. You know what I'm saying? And so, I, I trust me, I've been begging to put him out there so I can catch a touchdown. <laughs> you know, I, I'm like, hey, Marcus, you know, me and Marcus, every time, every time he goes out there and I go to receiver, I'll tell Marcus, like, bro, throw just one time, throw it to me. See what, don't worry about Gru, I'll talk to him. <laughs> but no, no, I, I love it, man. And I love Marcus. Like, he's awesome. He's, he's like I said, I, I told him the other day, I said, I think he runs a 4 3 now. Like, I think he's faster than what he was, you know, coming after he broke his ankle, you know, uh, which we did the same day, you know. But I, I love it, man. The guy, the guy works his tail off. He's, he's been one of the best teammates I've ever had. And, I, and like, when he went in that game and played so well, man, I gave him a hug and I told him how happy I was for him because I obviously we knew what he went through the year before. So um, anytime we can score touchdowns I don't care how we do it trust me I'm just trying to hold that trophy up so there's Derek Carr right there talking about Mariota and talking about putting him on the field hey you got to if you put him on the field then other teams have to prepare for that and I agree with that 100% you put him out there once you put him out there twice teams will have to practice that defense trying to defend Marcus Mariota and what he brings to the table and that'll take time away from what else they're working on so yeah I would definitely do that a few times but I do like your idea of the dual wildcat at the same time. Uh, up next, got a call from Rob in the 707. He's calling to talk about Gruden's play calling and the predictability and trying to actually put it into perspective. Here he is, Rob in the 707. Hey, Q. This is uh, Rob from the 707. Uh, I haven't called in for a while, but I just wanted to call in and put in my two cents. Um, I don't remember which caller it was, but uh, I remember somebody said that they didn't feel that uh, Gruden was an offensive guru because he was too predictable in his play calling. And i got to tell you what, man. I think predictability in play calling is really overrated, and especially by our fan base. I think what matters more than the play calling or predictability is how well you execute on offense. Do you remember under Jack Del Rio, we ran the same running play like five times in a row because it worked. That's the difference maker that we need. We need players that will execute. The play calling is by far less important than how well we execute. And I really think it's just kind of a crutch to uh, blame Gruden for all our problems by saying, oh, he's too predictable. Uh, and just to continue on this, I know I'm going on a kind of a rant right now, but uh, to continue this, I think a lot of fans think that every run is the same play. So you can run it twice and run two different plays, but in their mind, it was two run plays, so Gruden just did the same play two times. How predictable. Um, that's just something that's always irritated me, and I just really wanted to say it. Raider Nation, uh, please think with your heads and uh, not with, you know, 
don't jump the gun on your feelings just because you see something and don't understand it. Anyways, Q, love the show, man. Big props to everything you're doing. And uh, I'll be out there. I'll be at the game for the Bears, me and Eric from the 707. So if anybody else uh, wants to do a little pregame warm-up, uh, hit me up. All right. Talk to you later, Q. Rob, thanks for the call, my man. I appreciate you, and I, I do like the perspective that you put that thing in. I mean, Gruden is a run-first coach, and I have no problem with that. And the thing about being a run-first coach and, and just running in the NFL in general, you've got to be able to run the ball, and I've said this so many times. You have got to be able to run the ball effectively when everyone in the stadium knows you're going to run the rock, when everyone watching on TV knows you're going to run the rock, when everyone you know that's breaking down film knows, hey, right now they're going to run the rock. You've got to be able to find a way to do that, and execution is the key. That's part of the reason why the offensive line was tore down in the offseason because they weren't able to execute like that. That's the reason why Kenyon Drake was brought in, so they can have a good one-two punch so they can execute. You've got to have that ability to do it, even though everyone knows that it's coming. They just can't stop it. So thank you so much for that. I appreciate you. And that's really all I got time for on today's show. Very excited about what's going to happen later on today. Matter of fact, much later on this evening, going to be hopping on a a flight, uh, leaving out of Las Vegas, 11.36 p.m., and headed to Cleveland, Ohio, then driving up to Canton, Ohio, uh, for the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, Charles Woodson, Coach Tom Flores, both being inducted into the Hall. And, of course, the Violator as well, super fan, being inducted into the Ford uh, Fan Hall of Fame. Very excited about that as well. Uh, can't wait for the trip. Hopefully, uh, anyone who's been listening to the show long enough knows that I never have good flight luck. <laughs> I just don't. So hopefully I do. Keep your fingers crossed. Uh, hopefully everything goes well. Of course, there's been a lot of issues with planes and lack of pilots and everything else going on. But uh, I, I do think that it's going to all work out just fine. So I'm excited about that. And again, just can't wait to be able to provide some great Hall of Fame coverage. Be doing my show Friday from the Hall of Fame and Saturday as well doing an extra show. It'll be the Unnecessary Roughness Hall of Fame edition live from Canton, Ohio. So that's just how it's going to be. And so that's all I got for you for today's show, Raider Nation. Uh, Appreciate you as always. Thanks for all the feedback. Make sure you take care of each other, love on each other, and most importantly as always, just win, baby.